Tano boys. Tano boys. Wow. Penultimate. I mean, penultimate episode? episode. Yeah, I mean that's this is the defin that's the definition of a penultimate episode, right? Is the episode right before the finale? That's this. right. So, um, yeah, we are recording this day of, and but by the time this is out, it will be over. Yeah, it'll be it's coming out Monday, but I mean, bright and early Monday morning. Yeah, Brian Merle. Bri- oh, it's coming out Monday morning. This episode. I mean, it's coming out Monday, so I assume. It'll come out the same time Monday that the normal episodes come out on Friday. Uh, Look, I ain't, I ain't your boss. I ain't your parent. I'm just saying, if you gotta work on Monday like I do, you you, sh- you better watch that bad boy before work. You know, you're gonna want to watch it before work. I feel like. I feel like maybe are you so you're gonna watch it for, before work, Josh? Yeah, I mean it'll be you know easy because I'm I'm working from home, so I just get up. You know, slightly earlier. But for all I know, like I'll I'll get up half an hour earlier and I'll go downstairs and it'll be like an hour long episode, super spectacular or something. But and you won't be able to talk. Be like, Josh, yeah. Josh, you on the line? And you'll be like, I pro- I I'm already anticipating not being able to talk, regardless from either, well, just from some form of hysterics. Okay. Um, just be it uh, wild excitement or our heartbreak or um, well, this is the hysterics. This, this is the hysterics about, of a contemplative soul searching. That that's it. The that there it a, is. There it is. Yeah. Because this can't have the same connection that like a Star Wars movie would have, or like the Star Wars Rebels series finale had, because we know what happens to our favorite characters. So, it's just a question of are okay, we? Yeah, that's fair. But at the same time, it's a, I think it is about more than a plot, and I think it is like watching these episodes and talking about these episodes with you has really reminded me uh, how much Clone Wars taught me about like interacting with fiction and um, taught me about like putting worth on certain things within fiction and mm-hmm. recognizing the effort that goes into certain things. I mean, I have some notes here and some stuff that we'll get into where it's just lines of dialogue, but because I know this is what it is, I know that those lines of dialogue have meaning behind them and it's worth discussion. And I, I think I, I really learned to be curious about uh, observing, you know, fiction and stuff like that from Clone Wars and... Also, just, you know, love the show, and it's been around forever, and it's for real ending this time, I guess, for the third and final time, much like the freaking Skywalker saga, for the third and final time, it'll be ending. Well, I feel like, and Josh, you weren't big into this, it's definitely a milestone of attaching where you're at in your life to Clone Wars. So, like, when we Mm -hmm. were in college... Lost ended what our sophomore year or something, and yeah, sounds about right. That show went what six I seven mean, seasons. It ended our sophomore year in high school because we're very young. Yeah, um, and... our sophomore year of second grade, cool. and be- because we're so yeah, young and fun and flirty school. and fierce, 
and swole. Right. But what I'm mm. what I'm saying is like it's a marker and you just immediately think back to like where was I when these things first started coming out? And for me, like when I was thinking about this, I was thinking about the Samurai Jack episodes and how that used to be Friday nights at like eight o'clock or something. And they would show like the, you know, five, 10 minute short. And that'd be something that I would look forward to, you know, in middle school, like, I would box out all my time. I would, you know, make sure that nobody was talking to me. Nobody was disturbing me because we didn't have DVR or anything. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, we're at this situation where the story that's so much more advanced, you care so much more about the characters. You know, you you want Ahsoka to do well. You want Captain Rex to do well. And it, we're going to be done with it. I mean, well, at least until the live action show comes out. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. It's 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 crazy, and it's so crazy that it's just going to be some random Monday morning. Feels like there should be. I'm not working that Monday. Yeah. There's no way I'm working. <laughs> I'm 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 uh, putting some stuff in for this weekend uh, because mm-hmm. I'm going to send out all my stuff. I'm not going to respond to a single email um, <laughs> on Monday. Which is fine, you know, it's not like they're going to... Unless it's povoicepodcast at gmail.com, of course. Nah, not, probably not even that. I mean, <laughs> I embarrassed myself and was like, hey, I'll write Star Wars fan fiction if we get, 100, if we get 100 followers. And then we got one less <laughs> follower, so... Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I, um, the Po' Boys fans have spoken. When we released our 100th episode, I got back on the Po'boy's Twitter and sort of tried to re-engage a little bit. Um, and, I, you know, not to knock, you know, whoever has found us through Twitter or whatever, but I did find it um, very unfulfilling, which is par for the course with, with me and Twitter in general. Uh, I didn't get Twitter till till after college, and I really liked it at first and then grew to hate it and then uh, found it unbearable. And I, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I'm going to be uh, re-engaging with the Po' Boys Twitter account, uh, all that vehemently any, anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's really something that, um, you go for good discourse. I think you just kind of go for a hot take. That's true. And you know, it's good for. I and mean, if we're being honest, I mean, we're going there to try and yell at people to listen to our podcast. Nobody listens to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like for it to work like that, you, A, have to be a little more earnest than we are, and we are very much hucksters, and B, have to actually, like, try, like, our Twitter account is, like, it's like a snake oil salesman who's just so sleepy and blatant about it being snake oil <laughs> that he's just calling it what it is. And it's like, no, but it's snake oil, right? Like, ha ha, I don't know, you know, and not really explaining anything and just saying it's snake oil over and over again. And then when he sees like a big opportunity, uh, you know, immediately pounces on it and pretends like he's been giving it his all the whole time. But like everyone knows, like, come on, man. Well, it's like it's a it's like point. a marathon. And Josh, you know, you run marathons. It's not like you're running the yeah, same. Yeah, tell me how it's like a marathon, Pete. It's it's honestly, and you know, life is a marathon, so I can speak on this as well. 
It's not like you are <laughs> giving your all. You're not you're not doing, you know, a nine minute mile every single mile for the whole time. You know, maybe you throw in an eight minute mile or a six minute mile, you know, if you feel like it. Um <laughs> And that's kind of how we, we, we go. You know, we go from 100 to 110, 115% um, mm-hmm. with everything that we do. Now, I don't want to... Yeah, go ahead. I would say, uh, as my engagement with Twitter has lessened, with our publisher account, I can't speak to how often you are engaged with it, I do think that the quality of the episodes and the quality of the discourse in the episodes uh, has gone up. Yeah, and like I feel like the less people we are trying to listen, like tell to listen to this, the more worth listening it is. Not that it's worth listening to, but it's more worth listening to than other things. I mean, granted, we're both very passionate for the current subject matter. Well, but well, the other thing too is I've started using our pins on Twitter, so. If somebody wants to get all okay. of our, uh, you you know how you can pin something to the top of uh, your profile. Yeah, I I just pinned all of our um, Clone Wars episodes of Po Boys. So uh, if somebody uh. wants to go through all of them, as opposed to like downloading the app and then scrolling down, mm-hmm. scrolling down, scrolling down. Once this Monday comes and we finish all of them, for you know until. The next thing that we do, you can click and get all 12 Po Boys back to back to back because we have some stuff in between. Ton of Boys production. Now, to derail that, Po Boys production, LLC, yes, yes, yes. Um, Two things we're going to get into before we get into this episode, and I want to go through this quickly. I'm sure that we're on the same page here. Um, I've got nothing but time. Okay, yes, me as well. Um, moving along very quickly. Um, we got an email from Star Wars Celebration um, oh. telling us... I thought you meant Po'boy's got an email. No, 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 absolutely not. Um, yeah, this Star Wars Celebration email, really. Oh, it's it's great. They are doing what a bunch of people did like two months ago before they realized what was happening. Mm-hmm. And now mm-hmm. they're trying to do the same BS that... We all had to go through for everything else, so we got this email. I'm not going to go through it because that's boring. Essentially, they're just kicking they're kicking their feet in the sand a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, the really we're not going to do anything yet. You know, it's four months away. Well, they're also like, we're not going to do stuff. We're just going to make Anaheim tell us what to do. So until Anaheim does something. Then yeah. we can't really yeah, announce Yeah, real that. nice scapegoat there. Yeah. Well, it's, it's California. Just freaking... They need a freaking call. San Diego Comic-Con, they canceled. Yeah. Like, again, I don't I, I don't know that Star Celebration needs to be canceled, but they need... I, at this point, they really need to take some sort of action. I, like, they are just delaying the inevitable, which is part of what makes it so annoying. Like, it doesn't feel like... Even if things are on the upswing then, which, you know, hopefully they will be. It just, it feels like super irresponsible to have a huge international event yeah. at that point in the timeline. And so, you know? so far they've answered one of the two questions that I had. And my, my, my two concerns, I don't think it's happening. Mm-hmm. My two concerns have been, no, I don't know. one, how can I get that sweet, sweet merch if they've already made it? <laughs> okay. Um, because 
it's just a flex. You know, somebody's like, you're out in the street with your celebration shirt, and somebody's like, oh, hey, Dork. Uh, where did you get that cool shirt? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, it's now. an exclusive from Star Wars Celebration Chicago. And they're like, oh. And then I walk away with my dog. That's the first thing. So we haven't <laughs> been told what's going on with that situation. The second mm-hmm. thing, which has been answered, is if it gets moved, do you get refunded or can you move it to next year? And you can move your ticket to next year. Which su- Currently? Or if, if it, it gets moved. Gets- if it gets moved, okay. then I assume that there's probably some option that you and I have to like click on or whatever. Like, do you want to be mm-hmm. refunded or do you want it to be moved? But okay. for those um, lucky, lucky souls that were able to get a ticket in that 15-minute window a little bit ago, mm-hmm. then um, you do have the option. Cause I, I, think just, I don't know. What's this like next year thing? Like They're, act, they're acting like Star Celebration is a yearly event, and that's just not the case. I mean, it's been back-to-back in some years, but they've taken breaks. There have been years without a Star Celebration, so I just I don't understand why... They don't just postpone this till 2021. Uh, well, the reason is that convention centers um, schedule things years in advance. So sure. um, they. But you can't convince me that there's just no weekend. I'm sure th- in all of 2021, particularly with everything going on now. I don't know. Um. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe not, but. Let's do a bonus episode where we go to the uh, Anaheim Convention Center's website and analyze and read the descriptions of every event they have. Uh, scheduled see, I thought you, were, I thought you were, from... I thought you were going to say, let's fly to Anaheim for like fifteen bucks on Southwest, and then do an investigative <laughs> report of the convention center. Like, hello, is anybody there? Is anybody we there? We're going to be doing some investigative journalism coming up. Okay. With this uh, behind-the-scenes Mandalorian stuff. So. Second thing. Um, this mm-hmm. episode is, you know, it's May the 4th. Happy May the 4th day, Star Wars day, whatever, whatever. Uh, happy May the 4th. May the 4th be with you. Happy May the 4th. Um, so there are Star Wars deals. Along with the 4th. The 4th is with um, me. Um, if you go on StarWars.com, there's a Star Wars Day 2020 deals. Um, they've got deals mm. for Acme Archives. Best Buy has a deal. Um. Th- Wait, Acme Archives? What? Yeah, Acme Archives. What is that? Um, Star Wars. It's star, all. It's Star Wars art. It's like a website where you can. Okay, it's not the book. It's not the Star Wars archives book. No, no, no. So it's 25 percent okay. off all Star Wars art, which I assume is like mm. the contractor for the Star Wars artist at Celebration. But I'm not 100 percent on that. Mm. Um, there is um, Queen Shadow is out um, for free. Star Wars Queen Shadow is free that's inter- that's really cool wow um that's the original or the sequel that is the original i believe it's okay. um queen's shadow by ek johnston okay. um you can get some decals from entertainment earth um for your car um there is uh fathead has a deal gamestop has a deal um You'll like this. Her universe is having 30% off on all Star Wars apparel only on May 4th today. Hot Topic has a deal. There's a Lego deal for Josh back when he was into Legos. 
Um, yeah. And then there's a pajama store that has some stuff. And that's... Pr- oh, and uh, if Josh, if you're getting into boxing, they're R2-D2... No, sorry, they're... Um, yeah, they're R2-D2 and Vader boxing gloves that are um, 15% off, which is a little bizarre. So... It's pretty cool. Wow, that was a mouthful. Yeah, uh, well, I actually skipped along. There's like 17 other things I didn't say, so. Oh, okay. Uh, but Josh, you said that you got episode nine on vinyl. Was your big purchase for Star Wars Day? I don't know. I mean, it was a purchase I was going to make at some point regardless. I just ended up pulling the trigger. Um, which is a good pivot point into my thing I wanted to talk about, which is... I am still watching um, Rise of Skywalker once a week for in quarantine. It's driving me crazy. I really hate the end of that movie. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I got the Rise of Skywalker soundtrack and, and sat down with the vinyl and gave it a, my, my first real thorough listen through. Um, some weird, like, there's, there's music that is not in the movie that is on the soundtrack. It's definitely some music. Uh, that I imagine is for the extended opening that got trimmed down with the the eye of the bog creature and things like that. Uh-huh. Uh, no, no Knights of Ren music, which is I think pretty silly because that's a pretty I feel like impactful moment in the score within the film. I don't know, just weird decisions. It's not in chronological order, which is a weird decision. Um, I don't know. It was okay. It was all right. I watched Rise of Skywalker, my fifth quarantine viewing. Okay. Uh, I watched I watched it last week on. Oh, that's that, like two a.m. Sunday. Um, I forgot to say, um, and I think Josh, you're the one that told me this. Episode nine is now on Disney Plus, as of as of May as 4th. of as of May fourth. Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually gonna check that out um, next week or so. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I watched Rise of Skywalker. The, I've been watching the Blu-ray, so I watched it last week. At, I finished it up at like two in the morning on Sunday, uh-huh. and then I watched it again immediately on Monday because uh, I'm trying to give myself a real nice buffer before I got to watch it again. So if that's any indication of how Stockholm syndrome is going between me and it, uh, but I I'm trying to change it up, and so on Monday I watched it okay. with English des- descriptive audio. Interesting. Which is where the film is narrated for blind folks. So, you know, all the sound and all the dialogue and stuff is still there. But as things unfold, there's a narrator describing what's happening on the screen. Uh-huh. Uh, it was pretty interesting. They offer it on a lot of Disney, like all the Marvel movies recently and the Star Wars movies, they all have an option when you first pop in the Blu-ray of, you know, English, Spanish, English descriptive audio. Uh, I, it, was, it was quite a performance. I don't know who the narrator was, but he's got you know he's got to like say something really 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 fast because he's got to like quickly describe that Kylo Ren is picking this thing up before Kylo Ren says hey I'm picking this thing up and he's got to like fit the descriptions in between dialogue and stuff like so that. So it doesn't get it, it doesn't get expanded a, then. It's not like a longer movie to kind of no no nope. wow okay yeah um. Didn't, didn't get any extra insight out of the narration other than in the narration he does say it's Mustafar in the beginning of the movie so that's nice uh, Mustafar I'll tell you I uh, I really hate all the Palpatine stuff in that movie and having it described for me as it's happening really just reminded me how much I hate it um, 
And it probably didn't help that I watched the movie twice in, in two days. But Oh, my gosh. All right. What else am I going to do? There is an Ahsoka tab on the Hurry Universe website. Yeah. That's so cool. I'm wearing right now my uh, my Tano long sleeve shirt that I got at Celebration. Yeah, they have um, a Tano matching shirt and sweatpants. Ha, <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so have you... Did this viewing add anything? Like, did it make you go closer to liking it more? You said that you gave it a lot. You gave it a. You didn't give it a heart, but you gave it. No, I gave it a heart on Letterboxd okay. a while, a few viewings ago, and I don't intend to take that away because there is enough there that I really enjoy. Um, but yeah, the I think the English is yeah. Watching it a fifth time in five weeks, uh, I'm kind of going back towards the middle. And really learning to hate the things I hate about that movie again. <laughs> I think Clone Wars is sort of helping. Yeah. Because I like Clone Wars so much. And I have to say, I don't... I'm pretty good, I think, about not letting sequels ruin predecessors and things like that. Um, like, I'm not, you know, it was like the Phantom Menace didn't ruin anything for me back in the day. Uh, granted, I was, you know, nine or whatever. But, you know... Alien, to me, is not marred by Alien Resurrection. It's whatever. But I, I will say that, you know, I'll be watching Clone Wars this this last arc, and they're talking about uh, Sidious. Uh-huh. And it's just like, oh, you mean that same guy who's going to be around doing the same crap in, like, 50 years? And it... It... To my mind, almost... It lessens him as a villain... It lessens the, the overarching story kind of in a way because it just, it no longer feels, and I know this is silly because it's Star Wars, but it no longer feels real. It no longer feels like they're fighting a master manipulator. It feels like a video game fight where, you know, the code on the boss is just, it's invincible. I don't know. It, it makes it, it, it lessens it uh, a little bit to me. In, and that is when I am looking at all of this laid out on a table as a single story. Okay. And, and you know, the sum of all its parts, it does not lessen Clone Wars for me. Yeah, well, when you all. said that, what I, right. I was about to think like, oh, wow, I cannot disagree more. But that's just because right now, the only thing that's in my mind is the Sidious from this episode. So I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, he's a good villain. All right. He's, you know, he do, he, he really makes it work for... You know, this episode shattered, but um, yeah, I, I feel you. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of diminishes. And I mean, full full disclosure, my own personal bias is just I've never enjoyed him as a villain ever since being a kid. Ever, ever. Well, that's because you hate just, old people. Uh, You're like, oh, I just don't it, like, he's just it, an ugly oh, old he has guy. Many wrinkles. It's not an inspired design. It's not cool or exciting or frightening. I mean, just, I don't know, it's just some ages, old guy. I, and yeah, now, okay. now more than ever, with episode nine, it's just I'm just some old guy who can never die. No matter what you do, well, no matter what, I'm just some old guy. To, uh, I'm always here. It. it doesn't matter if I suck the life out of your stupid dyad of the force. I'm still an old ugly guy because even this great dyad force power that lets me shoot big giant blue beams in the sky isn't enough to heal my mangled body beyond being an old ugly guy. Sure, it can bring my eyesight back. It can bring my fingers back, but I'm still an ugly old guy. I don't become 
more than an ugly old guy. That's crazy! And why are you holding, lift your hands up, making all the Star Destroyers come out of the ground? Kylo Ren can't see what you're doing. He's underground with you. You're just raising your hands. He can't see all the Star Destroyers. He's underground with you. Um, yeah, okay. Well, I'm not gonna, um, those are some, those are some takes, yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. And with that, I can cross one of my notes off of my notebook page. All right, um, are we good to get into this week? Yeah, shattered, more like emotionally annihilated, am oh, I right? Oh, wow, okay, um... And there's another Shattered is the 11th and penultimate episode of the 7th and final season of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Is it Wars. penultimate in the description? Um, in the Wikipedia, so... Yeah, um, it might as well be, you know, official. Um, mm-hmm. After capturing Maul and Mandalore, Ahsoka's journey to the Jedi Council is disrupted when Order 66 is declared, turning her world upside down. Uh-oh. So... There's some things I care about a lot, and there's some things that I cared about not that much, but I just wanted it to move along. Um, <laughs> the Mandalore stuff. Um, I thought the cage was cool. Yeah, the Iron Molden. Um, oh, so, fun okay, fact. so you know what that is. That's been referenced before. No. Oh, when you said Iron Molden, I had no idea. Okay, all right, all right. Fun fact, fun fact. Because it's like an Iron Maiden that they put Darth Maul I, in. I don't know. I, I don't. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Great, move on. Anyway, fun fact. Darth Maul's little cage there is, I mean, they will say partially, I'm going to say entirely, inspired by... Some of Pete and I's fitness equipment. A lot of people will tell you, you do reps, and then you take a rest, and then you do more reps. Pete and I will do our reps, and then we'll get for our rest period, which is already brief, but for our rest between reps and sets and things like this, we get into our little pods, um, and they violently fluctuate between um, brutal cryotherapy and searing heat. So they're sort of cryotherapy pods and saunas in one. And we um, just hop into those and kind of bear up against those conditions between sets. Uh, always be working. ABC. Always w, be working. You know? Yeah. And um, for us, we can, you know, break out of it pretty easily. Uh, but for yeah. Maul, it seems like he's in there. He's pretty um, tightly put into there. Um, and he's not, he's not getting out. He has quite, quite a striking image. His creepy little face sticking out of there, Hannibal Lecter style. Yeah, well, I didn't, I actually didn't think about it that way. Um, the thing that I thought was the kind of coolest thing is when they're in that, like, transporter to the cruiser that looks like a, like, that cruiser was, that, that, that prison ship was very different. Uh, I think it's the first time we've ever seen it and I don't want to look at it again. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, kind of a take on, it, it sort of reminded me of the ship that Palpatine uses to come pick up Anakin on Mustafar. Like it, it is definitely a unique ship I haven't seen before, but yeah, it's, there are, there are echoes of it in other grand army of the Republic uh vehicles so yeah that, i did notice though that it, it was a neat ship um right away we pretty much confirmed that i was wrong in saying that i thought i knew uh, what was occurring when ahsoka was looking out of the hole in the dome 
Um, this is still earlier in the events of Revenge of the Sith than uh, Anakin and Padme's contemplative gaze across Coruscant. Um, and while she's still on Mandalore, she has a little discussion with Bo-Katan, hands Maul over, and then we get the show recreates a scene from episode three. Um, um, well, it... Don't well me. I just watched it. So it... it all right, well, it's verbatim. It, okay, so it's ver, it's verbatim from episode three. Yeah. All right, um, so... The weird Zoom meeting where no one is in the room. It's just the holograms in an empty room uh-huh. talking to each other in a room that no one's in. That being said, I know that Rex was in the room and he went to go get so and came back. But it's very funny. But yeah, they, the discussion, you know, uh, Mace Windu says, you know, the, the the dark side is clad around the Chancellor, and you know, if he doesn't give up control, we might have to take over the Senate to ensure a peaceful transition. That's all verbatim recreation. It's the Clone Wars actors, but they are recreating a scene from um, Revenge of the Sith, one of two that I went back and watched in Revenge of the Sith before this episode uh, to confirm. And at the end of that scene is, uh, you know, when Yoda says, you know, dark times or yada yada, you know, that's sort of the end of the scene in Revenge of the Sith. And it is a pretty hard cut. So, I mean, it's believable that after that scene in that movie, Ahsoka walks into the room and nobody's like, okay, goodbye. You know, it, it flows. In the movie, it's a hard cut to Anakin going to the Chancellor's office to give him the news that they've located General Grievous. Uh-huh. Okay. Oh, who so, else? Who was, else was included in that scene? Was it just Ayla and? Um, it was Kirk, Yadamundi, yeah, Yoda and Mace Windu. In the scene in the movie, it starts a little earlier, and Commander Cody is in, zooming in from from uh, Utapau, and he addresses the council, and then he leaves. Interesting. Okay. And and Anakin is there, and he leaves. Okay, and so. And we're led to believe that Anakin and Obi-Wan are probably in there. And then Rex goes to get Ahsoka. Well, Obi-Wan's at this point, he's on he's on Utapau running around. Uh-huh. Chasing Grievous, which is why Cody's there telling the council that's what's happening. And then Cody tells the council. Council tells Anakin, okay, go tell Palpatine. Palpatine leaves. Or Anakin So leaves. Ahsoka... Then they have their discussion. So Ahsoka gets into the meeting and... We, is this the first interaction between Mace and Ahsoka we've really seen? Like, the two of them talking to each other? No. They both, along with Anakin, I believe... Or is it Obi-Wan? I think they interact in the episode where they have Cad Bane captured and they sort of try and crack his mind. Okay. I think they may have some brief interaction there, but yeah, yeah. Okay. And they, and they might share a enraged glance at each other when Ahsoka ends up being expelled from the order. I believe he's there at the trial and stuff. Um, yeah, I would imagine he's there. Um, yeah. So, you know, he's the first to greet her, says, you know, you've done well on your mission, um, talking to her as mm-hmm. if she is a Jedi. And she is able to, you know, explain what's, what's going on. She's going to bring Rex to... The Jedi Council, um, bring Maul with Rex, escort Rex to the yeah. Jedi Council, mm-hmm. and 
then she asks for Anakin and is, you know, told pretty curtly that Anakin is going to tell Grievous that, tell tell the Chancellor that Grievous is, you know, being engaged right now with Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. At at which point, Ahsoka, I think you're, somebody says Jedi, and Ahsoka, ah, 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 actually. I am a citizen. I am not, I am not a Jedi. I am a citizen. Well, thank you very much. There's actually a really good line, and I feel like it kind of opens the door well, I, I guess I wouldn't say open the door with what we know from Rebels. Not yet? Yeah, the not yet. Like, there's... Yeah, the, that was an she's, interesting line. At least to the council, you know, and that's peer pressure at its highest of, you know, the top of the Jedi. She mm-hmm. is not yet, um, and she is still, you know, not coming back to the Order, but it seems pretty clear that she has her oath as a Jedi, is the reason that brought her there, not just because she's some concerned citizen. Maybe, perhaps, yeah. But I, I, I enjoy, and I, you know, I make light of it, but I enjoyed that she said, oh, I'm just a citizen. Like, I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do. I'm doing this outside of the, the confines of the Jedi Order because it's the right thing to do. And just being a Jedi doesn't mean you're doing the right thing. Doing the right thing means you're doing the right thing. Um, but yeah, the not yet line was interesting, and it, Thinking about it now, I feel like it illuminates uh, a hope that she has in this war ending. Like, again, all throughout this arc, there's a sense of an end game. There's a sense that the characters know that this is this is coming to a head. This is going to end one way or the other. And you can't but wonder, you know, Ahsoka, with that in mind, thinking, well, when the war is over, there's a chance that the Jedi can actually take a look at themselves you know, and, and hindsight and mistakes were made and analyze that and grow from that. And so, yeah, that, that not yet was, was interesting. A very loaded answer there. And then Yoda calling her a Padawan, which A, seems disrespectful because she just says she's not a Jedi. But B, uh, their whole deal when she ended up being framed for a crime she didn't commit and they all believed that she had committed the crime, they were like, oh, uh, just kidding. This was your trial. This was your Jedi trial. See, you're no longer in training. Good job. I really, I really, as a teacher, I really appreciate that, like, everything in life's a lesson. Yep. (laughs) Wow, aren't I such a good teacher? Because what I thought was a real mess up on my point, you actually got something out of it, so... Good for yep. me. You're welcome. Why yep. are you so ungrateful? Uh, so let's talk about what Ahsoka doesn't say and why she didn't say it. Rex points out, you know, hey, you never made any mention of all this, like, pretty big stuff that Maul is saying about Anakin. Well, I think that she didn't want to say anything because she knows what will, what they will do and that they'll overreact with her yep. situation. So, like... She is concerned enough that she wants to go reach out to Anakin, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. But she's not. Mm-hmm. She still wants to protect him because she still can't believe that he. She refuses to believe. Maybe she, there's a part of her that does believe, but she refuses to believe that her master could actually be uh, a disciple of the Sith. So she wants to reach out so that the Jedi do not overreact. Yeah, I. I... Um, I agree. I think the Jedi have 
and she has seen over the course of the Clone Wars, um, be it Anakin's current predicament where they're having him spy on the Chancellor, or you know, there's an arc in season four where they fake Obi Wan Kenobi's death and they don't tell Anakin, so his reaction can be used to sell it, so Obi Wan can go undercover. There's a pattern of the Jedi Council not treating Anakin well, not um, being, not having the emotional capacity to calculate what constitutes decent treatment of a person. And so I can, I can definitely see her being hesitant to bring this information to the council. And we also led to believe fear of how they that react. she understands Anakin on a level that most Jedi do not. So like she knows about mm. Anakin and Padme and I would say so. She yeah. is a person that has a vested interest, and he he is more than a Jedi to 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 her. He is you know um, a father figure or a brother or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she is wholeheartedly wants to help him. Yeah, and I think she's been in a position throughout the Clone Wars to see that. Uh, Anakin's capacity for emotion and for caring for those around him, be it overzealously at times, where the Jedi automatically knock that as a weakness. I think Ahsoka has been able to see that. No, these things aren't actually weaknesses. They do make him stronger. He is able to do incredible things when inspired by the the ones he loves and things like that. So I so yeah, quick, pre- quick. I think she gets that the Jedi quick, fundamentally misunderstands. Quick prediction, okay. okay. Um, and I. I don't know if we, I communicated this. I thought Order 66 was going to happen on the battlefield in Mandalore. And let me tell you, there's a reason you would think that. And that there would be like a grave and then her lightsabers would be there. So there's a clear way to right. show that. Um, so that was that was wrong. Um, and we'll get into that into a second. Knowing and just talking out loud here, knowing that Anakin and Padme Ahsoka knows that. Wouldn't it make sense? Do you, I think she might, if she makes it to Coruscant, she might try to reach out to Padme, and then Padme's already gone. Um, I, I would not be surprised if we see, mm. you know, in that very, very limited time that we have in this, you know, 25-minute, 24-minute episode, her try to reach out to Anakin and or Padme in the last ep- in the last episode. I definitely think she would have to try and reach out I would be curious if she makes it to Coruscant or not. So you were saying um, that you would think that they would be buried on Mandalore. Well, you would think that because that's how these events occurred in the Ahsoka book. Right, 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 right. Oh, I said yeah, last yeah, week... That's you said that 100%. I said last week, I'm pretty sure that they're kind of, like for a better word, retconning how the events were depicted, but I wasn't sure because there's still a chance, I guess, that what occurs in the book in the flashbacks could occur, but definitively no. Um, so the the parts about the Siege of Mandalore in the, in the Ahsoka book are, are contradicted here, albeit, uh, you know, very broad strokes still add up. She fought Maul. She captured Maul. Maul is able to escape in the chaos of Order 66. Those broad strokes are still true. But how the battle goes down, how he escapes, when Order 66 happens, 
um, where Order 66 happens are all are all very different. And I'm reminded of, I believe, a Pablo Hidalgo interview. I'm not going to quote him verbatim because I don't remember the quote. But he, I want to say it's Pablo Hidalgo talked about how, how canon and continuity is not meant to dictate the color of a character's eyes. It's meant to be like a storytelling tool that sets up rules and guidelines and, and you know, the broad strokes of how history goes or something like that. I'm totally butchering the quote. With that in mind, you know, the broad strokes do still match up. But, yeah, in the Ahsoka book, her and Maul are fighting and then the clone troopers are able to, like, freeze Maul in, like, a stasis type thing. Kind of like, I think, like, Anakin and Obi-Wan get trapped in momentarily at the beginning of Revenge of the uh, oh, Sith. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Ship. He gets sort of trapped in one of those, I think. And they have them. And then when they have them, I think Order 66 happens. And I remembered her, like, much less surgically getting rid of Rex's chip. But again, this was all... And this is not the the main part of the Ahsoka book. The Ahsoka book is not about this. Yeah, I, I actually don't... I, I don't really remember that. Um, I, the only thing yeah. I remember from the Ahsoka book is, like, her having a grave and Rex and her parting ways so that they both don't mm-hmm. get captured. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So who knows how much of that is, is true, but that, and, you know, it's bound to happen. Releasing as much Star Wars content as, as they're doing, you know, quote unquote, canon is going to be contradicted or, or retrofitted and things like this. I mean, I, I prefer this version, obviously. Um, yeah, it's interesting, and I see all kinds of interesting little clickbaity think pieces on these episodes, and I haven't seen anything on that yet. I'm just curious. Yeah, to let's me. Uh, let's get a website. Let's get a bait. website. Yeah, yeah, let's get right on that. Um, so that was yeah, that was um, curious. Let's get into um, Order sixty six. So yeah, well. One last thing before Order 66. Speaking of Anakin and Ahsoka's relationship, I did just want to point out that they are so close that Ahsoka does know Anakin's PIN number. Um, yeah. And it is 8108. Yeah, so I now have to change my PIN number and my bank, so thanks a lot, Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, and I have to change my social security number. Way to go, Ahsoka. Um, I think that that's more, though, of a... She did that on a mission because she just didn't want to have to go through all the red tape or Anakin just gave it to her because she had to do some job for him that he didn't want to have to carry out like that. That makes 100 percent sense. That makes total sense to me. Why? Well, I don't care. I was just making a joke. Oh, OK. Well, I I, enjoy, I mean, I enjoyed I enjoyed her having the pen, but that's post 66. Yeah. Let's get into order 66. Um. We've seen some pretty good... Oh, you're right. That is post-66. Yeah, so we've seen yep. some pretty good reactions from Order 66. You know, we see some Jedi... get seen some pretty bad reactions from yeah, Order like 66. Yeah, like... This was the other scene I went to watch. Okay, so you, you saw all... Was, was Order So 66. you rewatched Order 66. Uh, a, a good the montage. Okay. I rewatched the montage. I didn't rewatch the sacking of the temple or yeah. anything like that. But I had a specific reason for rewatching it that I will get okay. to in a moment. I um immediately the thing that came up in my head was mm-hmm. um Master T'Pol, who is um, oh yeah from Fallen Order. What's his name? Cade, Cad, Cade. 
Oh my oh, gosh, I've already goodness. forgotten his name. The, Dua Lipa. Dua, um, Cal, Cal Kestis, yes. Um, Cal's um, master mm-hmm. is connected to the Force enough that he feels all of the other Jedi dying, and then he's able to you know, kill a bunch of clones before they have their idea of how they should escape. And Ahsoka is having that similar connection because, you know, she has this strong connection to the force. And when we also see that she is connected to Anakin and we hear, um, Samuel L. Jackson, we hear, um, Ian McDermott, this character. And Hayden Christensen, and Matt Lantner. They had Matt Lantner re-record the line, what have I done? Really? That part of okay. Matt Lantner. Yeah, yeah. Um, and also we've noticed Maul is picking up on that same thing. In that moment, it's Ahsoka and Maul who are picking up not on Order 66, but on what's happening in the Chancellor's office mm-hmm. and the murder of Mace Windu. Yeah. So we are, she's, you know, getting that sense, you know, and she goes back to Rex to be like, something's terrible happening to Anakin. And then we see, mm-hmm. you know, um, Rex be driven by Order 66, but he's fighting it with everything he can to give her a fighting chance. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pretty powerful scene. For sure. Um, yeah, for sure. Really distressing. I don't know. This was the most, uh, I would say one of the things Fallen Order did well was the Order 66 sequence I thought was, was very powerful. Oh, yeah, for sure. This, much more than that, I will say. This, like, was upsetting to me um particularly just i uh, you know this cast and the, these voice actors and these characters and ahsoka and rex and seeing these characters that you have affection for go through this horrible thing it was really upsetting and i thought ashley Eckstein and, and d Bradley baker both did an incredible job um i was very interesting to see how order 66 went down differently for rex specifically and the episode itself gives some context for this in that they they call back to that opening arc of season six where fives gets a hold of like begins to unravel hey there's these inhibitor chips they're doing something and essentially discovers order 66 before being killed and we figure out based on rex telling ahsoka find fives and ahsoka using anakin's pin to dig through the archives that because of those events, Rex has suspicions about those inhibitor chips. And he has an idea that, that something may be amiss And there. he went through the proper channels, too. So, um, yeah, Boy, he, he definitely, you know, made, filed his complaints. And then it was, you know, he says this is falling on death years. And he was 100% correct. But, um, yeah. you know, Sidious didn't think to destroy those records or, or anything. So, yeah, that was weird. But. I guess maybe there were internal parties that would have noticed a record being destroyed rather than a record being sealed. Who knows? Um, So the two things... So clearly, Rex having some sort of foresight about this gives him the ability to understand what's happening, which gives him just enough edge. Um, But additionally, there's one other thing that's different about Rex's Order 66, and I went back and confirmed by rewatching Order 66... Which is that Rex says, yes, Sidious, yeah. Sidious. Every other clone, my lord. It will be done, my lord. My lord, my lord, my lord, my lord. Cody, everyone. They call him right. my lord. Rex is the only one to have encountered the name Lord Sidious because he is in 
that meeting between Ahsoka and Obi-Wan, when Obi-Wan reveals, yeah, Lord Sidious is who we're, we believe is behind all of this. And so having heard that name and then being given the order, something in there is connecting dots. And he says, yes, Lord Sidious. Well, I, I, I feel like I, I feel like all the clones knew that, that it was Lord Sidious and that Clone Wars is just hitting you over the head and confirming, yes, it was routed into their hardwire that Darth Sidious is the person that's doing that, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense that like Kamen Owens would allow that to occur. But I'll have to go back and rewatch that arc with fives because it seemed like there were there's a subsect within the Kamen Owens that knew more than others. Uh-huh. But it does, yeah, his responding to it, Lord Sidious, does sort of imply a deeper programming involving Lord Sidious. Um, but again, but again, none of the other, none of the other clones say Lord Sidious. It's only Rex, who's heard the name, who was able to make that connection. And I'm wondering, now that we're talking so much about it, I'm wondering if that will be extrapolated on in the next episode. Um, yeah. But I, could, I couldn't I could unhear it, and I was like, wait a minute. And I, again, I went through, I rewatched Verse 66, I mean, everybody else is just my lord, my lord, my lord. But he knows it's Sidious. He's able to connect those dots. That's That means something. This is a show that I, I don't think does stuff like that arbitrarily. Mm-hmm. I, um, so... We let, let's skip over to the droid scene. When I first mm-hmm. saw that, and they kind of position it so that you think that she's releasing Cad Bane, because um, like the droids kind of look like a hat. I definitely thought that either. Well, if, if if you rewatch it on the right hand side, <laughs> like just kind of your, it it comes into frame, it comes into focus. But I thought there was a hat, so I was like, oh my gosh, is Cad Bane's on here? She's releasing Cad Bane too? And then I'm like, oh, Cad Bane's hat's there? Okay, so he's dead. And then the second time I watched it, I'm like, oh, um, those are just, this is just a droid. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's R7, who I encountered earlier this week because I did start, restart, I would say, my Clone Wars watching so i watched that blue shadow virus set of episodes and then i went into pete your favorite that ryloth trilogy no but in in the first episode of that yeah ahsoka's ahsoka's droid is r7 that's the droid that she uses to pilot her jedi starfighter even back into season one so uh if i hadn't rewatched those episodes i would have had no idea and we just assumed that was a name of some arbitrary droid but r7 and ahsoka do have a history that's cool that's really cool yeah and her uh kind of teaming up with the droids is a little bit of a callback to the season four or five episode that one-off with the mandalorians and lux Bonteri. um where they kind of Toy Story style cobble together all the broken droids that the Mandalorians have been shooting for target practice. So that was nice. Before the droids, though, first oh she goes my gosh, to the mall. yeah. All right. Um, the mall interactions was who's in his little the mall interactions mold. were great. I think one of my favorite lines of the episode is, "I'm not rooting for you." Yeah. Like 
I don't want good. you to do well. I just cause mm -hmm. chaos. That's what you're good at. I'm curious about Rex's decision to execute Maul. Because after he says execute Maul, he gathers the clones around and he extrapolates on Order 66, which is, you know, we're targeting Ahsoka under Order 66, which states, go after all the Jedi leadership as traitors. Um, anyone who won't obey will also be executed as a traitor. So that would seem to imply that him wanting to execute Maul is a decision separate from... Well, Order I mean, 66. Maul has killed a ton of his brothers, so... Sure. Yeah, make yeah, but it's just yeah, it's an interesting it's an interesting decision. I'm wondering what's motivating that decision, because I assume maybe before watching this episode, I assumed there would be something along the lines of like, hey, he's got a lightsaber, just freaking kill him. Yeah, um, I and it could even be that that came up in the meeting with Palpatine before he said, hey, kill Maul. And by the way, execute order sixty six. Yeah, that's a really creepy um, Palpatine voice. Well, uh, well done. I don't. I didn't really need. I didn't Thank need you. the extra level. Uh, Your turn. Execute order sixty six. Unlimited power. Um. It said Sidious, not new gun ray. No. Oh come on. <laughs> that's that's oh, not really new on. gun ray. Uh, Unlimited no, power. It's a very good impression of new gun ray. <coughs> My my throat hurts now because I'm doing such a good Palpatine. Oh boy. Um, yeah. I didn't really need the the level of exposition. Um, I do want to talk about Maul and just going down that corridor. Like, yeah, there there which are ways to die, like and then there are homage. ways to die. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, to me. It's pretty clear that that's sort of them being like, okay, Darth Vader got his hallway scene in Rogue One. Now let's show what Maul can do. Yeah. And they didn't even give him a lightsaber. Well, and it's also, they talk about in the last episode how he just kind of cut through us like it was nothing, going and trying to yep. find who the oldest clone was. So to Maul, mm -hmm. they're, these clones are absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. they, they're just insects to him and he is just powering his way through which kind of begs the question when he asks Ahsoka are you going to give me a fighting chance the implication being hey you gave me a lightsaber or something but he's fought these clones before he clearly knows he's outmatched them like is he maybe being like hey give me a lightsaber real quick I'm going to beat you up no 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 I just think that he wants a lightsaber yeah Probably. I mean like I mean, when they um, close the blast doors you know, that lightsaber would have done something. Um, but yeah. now he has to go into their trap, which he'll get out of and will I mean, kill even all Even down them. to closing the blast doors. It's just such a cool little homage to that hallway scene in Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was that was freaking wild. That was freaking wild. That one guy, he smushes him. Oh, goodness. Look, you chop me up, cough, whatever. Please don't smush me. If I got to pick a way to die, please and don't we smush got, me. Is this the first time that there has been an arm disembowelment in Clone Wars? Did they just get that in right before the series ends? I don't know. I mean, they've done more than one quadruple decapitation, so... But you had the classic, you know, lose an arm for Star Wars and that. Right. Right. 
Yeah, everybody's got to lose an arm. Nobody lost an arm in the sequel trilogy. Except for Uncar Plot in a deleted scene. Hmm. <sighs> um, what do you know? Uh, speaking of that being sort of a Rogue One illusion, we have another big okay. one. Which is when, you know, Ahsoka is able to use the droids to seal str- doors strategically and corner Rex, zap him, knock him out, throw him in an MRI, and then she's looking for the inhibitor chip based on the file she saw with fives, you know, and the machine's not working, put your hands on, tape, uh, on his temples, and that whole, I'm one with the force, the force is with me, baby, quoting Chirrut way there, um, and the, the Guardians of the Wills, that scene was something, man, that really got me. That phrase, I'm one with the force and the force is with me, as it appears in row one, is already uh, emotionally triggering for me. Because, I mean, one of my one of my favorite Star Wars moments is uh, Chirrut Emily and Baze Malvis's, you know, exit in that film. And the role that that phrase plays in that sequence. Uh-huh. And that that phrase in that movie uh, becomes this really deep um, bond of friendship between those two guys. And here you see it doing the same, and it, it bonds, you know, Ahsoka and Rex, who are also very close, um, very true friends. Boy, what a freaking scene. Oh, my goodness. When she started chanting that, I was like, oh, my gosh. I'm not crying. You're crying. Um, wow. Yeah. That was something, man. I... Let's just talk about this. Um, the music with Kevin Kiner. Um, He's killing it. Sorry? He's killing yeah, it. I um I kept waiting at certain points for there to be these like classic Star Wars music thrown into it, but he kind of held back mm-hmm. at certain points and then just had I actually the the music that I was thinking of was the music from Interstellar, like the sense of doom that that movie gets yeah. in these mm-hmm. in the scenes that were leading up to Order 66. That was definitely and like it, you could sense the dread mm-hmm. that was happening. And it starts on Mandalore when they're leaving Mandalore. It's this sort of more synth-driven score. Uh-huh. Parts of it almost feel Blade Runner-y, and it doesn't feel like traditional Star Wars, but it so perfectly. You know, like, something bad's happening. Right, and it doesn't. It's like a quiet dread, though. I don't. Oh boy! And then when Order sixty six finally does happen and explodes, we we do get we get the the music that plays. Most notably, when uh, Anakin has already done the deed, and Obi Wan goes to visit Padme, and has that whole videos of him killing younglings, and there's this musical motif that repeats and just gets louder and louder and louder. Uh, and that theme, Kevin Kiner calls in uh, when they're shooting at Ahsoka, and she's on that table and and all that stuff. Very very compelling. I also got to give Kevin Kiner a huge shout out for reprising one of his own themes. Uh, I'll be very briefly, but this episode begins with this sort of um, very traditional, like m- war cinema, military, soldiery kind of horn theme. Okay. Um, but it's one of Kevin Kiner's themes. It's usually associated with the clones and with Rex, and it's played a lot throughout um, this series. In, in Rex-heavy arcs. I'm sure if you go back to that Umbara arc, mm-hmm. um, and probably if you go back to that episode of The Deserter, you'd hear it there. You would definitely hear it in that Fives arc, I'm sure. And it immediately, before you're even getting images on the screen, 
kind of puts me in the mind of of Rex and how um, I, I don't want to say trouble, but Rex has always been to us the viewers the clone that is the most um, questioning about his place in the war and his place in the galaxy and what his life should and shouldn't mean and, and you know what it means to be a clone what it means to be a soldier where his duties lie and things like that and that theme immediately brings me to that kind of mindset and Rex's sort of mindset of just everything he's got going on and it's um a testament to Kevin Kiner's original work on, on the Clone Wars that that theme, which is his theme, which is original to, to the Clone Wars, is able to elicit so much thought uh, out of me immediately. I mean, he doesn't beat you over the head with that theme, but it's there in the very beginning. And whew, that and the synth music he does in this is just freaking incredible. And it just enhanced, like, it honestly had my, you know, I goosebumps as it was coming up. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's done a fantastic job with this season, for sure. He absolutely has. He absolutely has. Yeah, and, and he's, you know, doing new things. Um, you know, there's some early episodes of Clone Wars, namely, Downfall of a Droid. It's like the fifth episode. Anakin loses R2, and they straight up do like some techno stuff, and like boom, and it's like, oh boy, oh boy, swinging a miss there. But other than that. <laughs> <laughs> nice try kev yeah he's been doing he's been doing consistently really cool work but it's interesting because even you know this is getting towards the end of of this series and it's still that music that plays in the lead up to order 66 is not it's not obvious it's not obvious star wars music you know he's not resting on his laurels he's still bringing in um unique and new language to the music of, of star wars with that whole piece well done sir very well done so, Josh, do you have any more notes before we get into some final predictions for the series finale? Yeah, I guess I would say this episode, I think, is as close as I will ever get to experiencing the full intended just distress and horror that is Order 66. I think in the movies, you don't get enough of an idea of who the clones are. And they look so much like stormtroopers. I mean, when I saw it as a kid, I remember going home and telling my parents, oh yeah, you find out where the stormtroopers come from. Uh, that the the depths of the, um, just just how how much of a bummer it is, it's kind of lost on, on you. And this thing with Anakin falling, and just all the events of Revenge of the Sith, for our generation at least, were very much preordained. You know, we knew how episode three was going to end. We didn't right, know the specifics, right, right. but we knew the moment we met Anakin as a boy, that he was destined to be Darth Vader. Um, but if you're looking at the Skywalker saga as a whole and the story as a whole, compared to, you know, Game of Thrones or something more adult aside, compared to any other kind of major big franchise, this is like the biggest freaking bummer in pop culture storytelling what happens here it's it's lessened by the fact that we always knew it was going to happen before we even knew it was a thing like we always knew that this fall was going to happen um but like if you're a kid watching this or something and like you're you're somehow the kid that's in a vacuum 
Uh-huh. And you are you are able to watch Star Wars in its intended chronological order. And you watch Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones. And then you watch all of Clone Wars. And you have no idea what anything is. You've never heard of Darth Vader in your life. Uh-huh. And you get the one-two punch of these episodes. And then Revenge of the Sith. And you watch Rex almost kill Ahsoka. And then you watch Anakin be burned alive. Oh, man. <laughs> I can't think of it. There, there's nothing in Marvel movies that... That is that huge of a freaking bummer. And you can point me to Infinity War all you want, but I just point you right back at Endgame in the sense that, like, there was, you know... That lasted for a while. Wow, what a bummer. You know, a movie, yeah. What a bummer. Uh, Really poignant in this... Again, yeah, I just think uh, with this episode, Order 66 has taken its its true intended emotional impact or has, has, has finally landed the gravity of it. Uh, and so I'll be, I mean, I, I watched it unfold in the movie from an academic sense, literally just listening to compare dialogue, but I'll be, I'll be really curious how episode three plays out after this. Um, I, you know, one bummer from this episode and it's the only one is I kept thinking Ahsoka as she was, you know, throwing those, um, dodging and deflecting, um, shots from the clones is she never said i'm not even a jedi anymore (laughs) chill clones chill i'm not (laughs) i'm a citizen citizen what are you what the hell what the hell (laughs) but it doesn't answer the question you know if you're a fourth sensitive the clones they be going after you and they definitely thought she was a jedi when you know she she doesn't think that she's a jedi yeah yeah, it's something. It's something. Um, but she should have at least tried. So j- I will make a point. Yeah, okay. Ahsoka, I don't, I don't believe ever kills any of the clones. Well, she doesn't kill the two that are going to kill Maul. She knocks. I them mean, out. It, it just depends. Does the late like does her deflecting the shots back at them kill them? So I don't remember any bodies in the room she escapes from. But yeah, I don't know. Also, man, when she's def- when they first turn on her and she's standing on the table in the center of the room deflecting and flipping and stuff. Oh my goodness! Very cool. Very, very, very cool. Um, when she's in the the med uh, med bay, I definitely yeah. got looks to to Paul from Fallen Order, where you know he's mm-hmm. like, "Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up!" And that droid mm-hmm. was able to open everything up, but um, Cal Kestis <laughs> did a number on him because uh, his master's dead because of him for sure. Yeah, way to go, Cal. Um, Ugh. so do you have any, um, what predictions do you have? What do you need to have from the series finale that is airing today? Mm. And this episode will come out in a couple days. I would say that is not Star Wars without a little bit of hope. And even episode three, as much of a bummer as it is, and as dark as that movie is, you know, or episode eight, you know, where, you know, the good guys take a lot of knocks. There's always that uh, little nugget of hope at the end. And I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it, you know, you mentioned that because of Rebels and because of other things in the Star Wars universe, we, we know the future of some of these characters, but it doesn't make their um, trauma in, in these episodes any easier to bear, really. I, you know, when I'm watching these events unfold, I'm not thinking, well, but it's okay because I knew this. You know, I, the show is good enough that 
I have blinders onto that stuff and I'm focused on, on the show as it's unfolding. And so, I don't know. I just hope that they can eke out some sort of small win beyond survival. Um, and then I guess I'm just uh, very curious what will happen with Maul in the final episode there because he is such a wild card and they don't expressly show him escape. You know, they show him going to town on the hallway. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, well, I think we'll see a little bit of that. I'm, I mean, my wish list is I want an Ahsoka Yoda or an Ahsoka Obi-Wan or at least Ahsoka to see the, right. the like, holocron of of um, Obi-Wan saying, you know, hey, get out of here. We don't want you anymore, yeah. Jedi. It's over. Gone. Get. A new hope. It's a holocron of the end of Harry and the Hendersons. <clears throat> yes. Yes. I definitely joke. got that. Um, that's that's that. I would say my big wish with that it was that it be it be uh, very long. I wanted to be two hours long. Okay. Well, um, if you don't get that, that's okay. <laughs> if I don't get that, show's canceled. Okay. The Clone Wars is canceled, and this show will be, our podcast will be canceled if I don't get that. So. It's always good to have um, some things that are definitely going to occur. An ultimatum you have no control over. Yep. Um, all right. So, um, listeners, if you want to get a hold of us, podcast at gmail.com. Um, I'm sure we'll respond if you want to, but it's not. It's, it's whatever. Hey, I check it every now and again. I got to check it once a week to edit, you know. And then uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram at podcast. And, wow, I mean... It's 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 ending. Tunnel Boys is ending. Wow, wow, wow. And wow, 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 wow. it's yeah. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. May the fourth be with you.